0: Hello, Awakening Church. Hello to Ryan and Jenny, uh, Andre and Judy, and all of you, really. Uh, I'm speaking to you today from Portland, Oregon, our home up here, uh, where Diane and I have lived for quite a while, and uh, it's kind of one of those gloomy Portland days, which is making me miss San Jose a lot more, where I met my bride and fell in love. Uh, We miss your church. I hope we can get down soon to be with you all. Uh, Ryan uh, gave me the privilege of sharing one of the devotionals that you guys are going through midweek. So if you have your Bible with you, uh, turn to Psalm 37, Psalm 37. Uh, and I've entitled this little devotional, When You Look Back One Day. Um, it's a long psalm, so we don't have time to, to do the whole thing, of course. We're just going to look actually at the first three verses. I'm going to read a few more verses in that and then we'll pray and get to work. Uh, fret not yourself, this psalm says, because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. And down in verse seven, it says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Wow. I'm still learning how to do that one. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Awakening Church. Thank you for every mom, dad, uh, young person, older person that's tuning into this devotional. Would you feed us all, Lord? Thank you that you're a God and you're a shepherd and you feed your sheep. And so we want to hear from you and walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I grew up in Santa Clara and uh, was not a believer. When I came to the Lord uh, in the Jesus movement, it radically altered the course of my life. Yeah, the Lord called me to vocational ministry, and I met Diane at Los Gatos, what's now Venture Christian Church. We fell in love, started serving the Lord. But in 1986, the Lord called us over to Santa Cruz Bible Church. And it was there that we met Helen. Now, Helen was a widow, 72 years old. She wasn't part of Santa Cruz Bible Church. In fact, she wasn't even a believer yet, but she was a religious person, a churchgoer. And uh, as a widow, one day she was driving to her church and she was daydreaming, made a wrong turn and pulled directly into the parking lot of Santa Cruz Bible Church. And there were cars everywhere. When she pulled into her church, there were no cars <laughs> Uh it was kind of a kind of a dead church, so uh she was kind of feisty, and it kind of piqued her curiosity like what are all these cars doing here So she came in, sat in the back, and she nevertheless left uh, after hearing the good news that Jesus preached for a while. She came to the Lord and I had the privilege of baptizing her when she was seventy two years old, which by the way is is really pretty rare. Uh, she started volunteering at the church office. She was the first one to arrive, the last one to leave. Even when we had elders meetings going late into the night, she stayed, she locked up. And then she became part of our family. Uh, we spent a lot of time with her. When the Lord called us back to San Jose, she moved with us. When he called us to Oregon, she moved with us. And for about 15 years later in her life, she served the Lord. She was an amazing woman. But there was one thing about Helen that broke my heart. And it was this, she could never forgive herself for things that she'd done in her past. No matter how hard I try, no matter how hard my wife tried, we'd say, Helen, you didn't know the Lord? Then of course you didn't handle that right. But when she looked back, she grieved. She had no peace all the way until the end. It was painful for her to look back on her life because she didn't like what she saw. Now in this Psalm, Psalm 37, David is an old man and he's looking back on his life. And I'm older now. When when I moved to Santa Cruz, I was actually 35 years old. That was a long time ago, but yet it seems kind of like yesterday. And like David, if you look down to verse 25 in this psalm, he says, I have been young and now I am old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Psalm 37 is a psalm about the security of those of us who will actually place our trust in the Lord who walk with God, and the bright future that awaits all who do that contrasted with the insecurity of what David calls the wicked. Those who have no interest in God, they're not interested in following him at all. Now, Diane and I have been shepherding and pastoring for 45 years now. We've pretty much seen everything. I've seen wives leave their husbands, husbands leave their wives. I've seen Jesus followers stop following Jesus I've seen people fall away from the Lord. I've seen people come back to the Lord. I've seen people build their lives on sand with wrong priorities and the disasters that happen when the storms hit. And I've also seen the fruit and the blessings given to those who follow Jesus, who truly walk with him, who place their trust completely in him. And, you know, today, God is still looking for those kinds of people. He always has been. He always will be. One of my favorite verses I memorize as a new believer, 2 Chronicles sixteen nine. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose hearts are completely his. When he, when he finds that man, that woman, that couple, that family that are, that are truly following Jesus and loving him and pursuing him, he says, I'm with you. And he strongly supports in a very powerful way. And you know, Diane and I, uh, we've been married 41 years now. We're not perfect by any means. Anybody who's close to us knows that. We made a lot of mistakes, but we have made it our priority to walk with Jesus, place his will before our own will. And I can say today, and we can say, just like many of you, I'm sure, our cup runneth over. There have been some hard seasons. We all go through them, yes, but... We look back and we say they were only for our good. God knew what he was doing. Now, Awakening is a young church filled with a lot of young families, a lot of young people. And I pray as we walk through a few verses of this psalm that those of you who are young, one day when you're old and you look back on your life, you won't be like Helen, (laughs) not liking what you see, but instead you'll like what you see. And it's decisions that you make today that will determine what you see when you look back. Now, this is a long psalm, as I said. There's even too much in the seven verses for us to cover in this devotional. So I want to point out three things that you can do today if you want to be able to look back on your life one day and like what you see. And they're all found in the first three verses. Uh, But first, just a quick little background. Psalm 37 is a psalm of David. It's written in his old age. So it's an old man with experience that's Penning these words, God's writing, of course, through him. It's also a wisdom song, which means song, which means it speaks to man, not to God, giving us wisdom for living life. Remember, it's also a song, so this would have been sung. The Psalms were the Hebrew songbook. It's also interestingly, we miss this in English. It's a Hebrew acrostic, that means each pair of verses one, two, three, four begins with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Although our numbering falls a bit out of step. Lastly, and this is is beautiful, Psalm 37 is really an exposition of the third beatitude that Jesus told in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the meek or the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. That's Matthew 5.5. And you can see that in verse 11 of this psalm. The humble shall inherit the land. Now in these three verses, there are three admonitions, three things I want to point out. One's negative, one do not. And the other two are positive. First of all, David says, fret not yourself. And wow, is this a great message for the COVID-19 season, right? People are freaking out, worried, losing jobs. Their investments are tanking. They don't know what the future holds. It's been a real shakeup. But in my opinion, a good shakeup because it's causing us to look at really what we're placing our faith in and who we're placing our faith in, and what really we're building our life on. Uh, and, and David's looking back on his life, and this word fret, he says fret not. It comes from a Hebrew verb. Remember, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew and Aramaic, and it, it means do not get heated. You know, what we know what it's like to say, I'm just all heated up. I'm just, just boiling over. I'm just angry. And, and David says fret not. Don't get heated up he's looking back in his life, he's seen people walk with God and he's seen people ignore God. And some of the people who ignored God seem to be doing just fine. And if you read David's writings, it's something he always struggled to understand, something he mused about, if you will. Why did the righteous suffer and why did the wicked seem to prosper? And so here he shares his philosophy about how to live in the midst of a world full of people who really are ignoring God and really could care less about him. Let's face it, It does appear at first glance anyway that many people whom we love, good people, fun people, friends of ours, don't really acknowledge the Lord or really seem to think about it, and yet they seem to be doing fine. And, you know, sometimes it's because that's really all they have to live for. It's what they're focusing on, how much they can amass and enjoy because it's all about today with no thought of eternity. And, of course, you and I who follow Jesus know that you can have a lot of stuff, but if you focus on that instead so the Lord, you miss out on what Jesus called life that is truly life. The things that really make for a joyful, uh, full life aren't found in possessions at all. So David says, hey, don't worry about it. Don't get all heated up or bothered about it. Fret not yourself, he says, because of evildoers. Be not envious toward wrongdoers. Now, those aren't words we use very much, evildoers, wrongdoers. Evildoers here, it's a a word that comes from a Hebrew word that means breaking off, like a branch breaks off of a tree. He's talking about people that have broken away from God and aren't interested in him. And and David says here, fret not yourself. Here's why. It leads only to evildoing. And man, have I seen that. When I worry, I start to grumble. I start to see the negative. I start to speak negatively. And then I begin to hurt the people closest to me starting with my bride, the people we love the most, instead of being built up by our words, get torn down by our words. And David says, hey, don't get heated up. It leads only to evil doing. If we're not careful, if we stay in this fretting kind of thing, it causes us to break off from God and his ways because we're not thinking his thoughts. And Matthew chapter 12 says, the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. And then he talks about wrongdoers. These are This is a, the type of person who really is out doing things that are unjust out hurting people lying stealing and doing things that actually are worthy of punishment and sometimes we experience this kind of wrongdoing when when you're slandered or your reputation is slandered you're gossiped about somebody steals from you steals money from you or they walk all over you to get ahead at the job in short when people do you wrong David says don't get all heated up about it and you think well how am i going to do that and and why he says fret not yourself why look at verse 2 for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb remember david's in the middle east and in in the rainy season everything was flourishing and abundant but as soon as the the heat came everything withered and everything turned brown sort of like silicon valley you're soon going to see those Beautiful green hills turn into brown hills, right? David says, look at the end. They're not going to keep flourishing. Look at their end. This is the best it's ever going to be. Look ahead and see the fate of those who aren't walking with the Lord. They'll wither quickly like the grass. One day they will vanish. In Psalm 73, which is a Psalm of Asaph, he's asking the same question. Why do the wicked prosper? And he says, when I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight until I came into the sanctuary of God. And then I perceived their end. We're not just living for the here and now. We're living for Jesus. And once we come to know him, we have our eternal life. That's not just something later. It's it's now. We have it now. And, and I had a thing I put on my desk for a long time. I still have it. it it's a framed little uh, words that says take the long view. And when I see that, it helps me not get all heated up about something that seems huge at the time that frankly, a month from now or three months from now, I'm maybe not even going to remember what it was. Down in verse seven, it says again, fret not because of him who prospers in his way because the man who carries out wicked schemes look at their end. In verses 10 and 11, it says in a little while, there'll be no more. But the meek, The gentle shall inherit the earth and delight themselves in abundant peace. So it's a good reminder for you and me that this world, this present world, uh, is not as it's going to be one day. We live in a fallen world. Now the kingdom is here and the kingdom is now, but the kingdom is also not yet. One day when Jesus returns, it will be perfect. No more crying, no more tears, no more COVID-19. But this world is passing away, and it says in 1 John chapter 2, the one who does the will of God abides forever. So, number one, don't get heated. Fret not. Don't get heated or, or, or all steamed up when people hurt you or use, or, or use you. In fact, don't get heated up or bothered about anything. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. Wow. How many of you worry? <laughs> I would say probably all of us. I don't think I've ever met somebody who doesn't struggle with worry. God knows that. That's why he has a bunch of scriptures about it. But why do we worry so much when we can pray? I think the answer to that is it's easier to worry <laughs> than it is to pray. A lot of times we choose to fret instead of fret not. We choose to get all heated up instead of trusting God and we lash out. And you probably heard this before, but most of the things we worry about never happen. And so uh, I have a few things that I like to remember. Um, that we need to turn our worry into worship. We need to turn our fear into faith. and We need to turn our cares into prayers. And when we do that, we'll experience good things. I heard recently that um, the latest studies say that we have about 60,000 thoughts per day. Wow, our minds that God gave us are amazing. But here's the funny part. 40% of those thoughts are focused on the future and worrying about the future. Of course, we can't control that anyway. We think we can control more than we really can. 30% are worrying about the past, which again, we can't go back and redo. It's good to learn from the past. Um, 12% of our thoughts are about self-doubt. I'm not good enough, how can I ever do that? Why did this happen? 10% on our health, I I would be imagined that's even higher right now in the COVID-19 thing. Well, that only leaves 8%. We're really good at this thing Called worrying. And God says here through David, fret not. Okay, Phil, that's easy. What do I do instead then? Glad you asked. Number two, trust in the Lord. If you're taking notes as you're doing this devotional, write down faith cures fretting. Taking our worries to him, turning our cares into prayers, causes our faith to grow and it handles the problem of fretting. Verses 3 and 4 echo the, the thought, really, of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which most of you have probably memorized. I love it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. When I view life from my own perspective, trying to build my own kingdom, do my own thing, I fret. Of course we're going to fret if we do that, because we leave God... Out of the equation, and life doesn't make sense without God in the equation. Faith, on the other hand, views life from God's perspective. In all your ways, acknowledge him. If you try and write your own story, if I try and write my own story, instead of letting Jesus write his story in and through me, it's not going to work out. If you try to make your own plans for your life, asking God to bless them, you're really saying, my will be done, Bless it, Lord. But if you say your will be done and place your trust in Jesus, then you're going to experience this kind of peace that God wants you to have. And that David is talking about here when he says, trust in the Lord. It's what my wife, Diane, has come to call living led. We're trying to do this thing when we get up in the morning and she's been doing this for a long time. She's way ahead of me. You know, if she's troubled about something, she'll say, what is this about, Lord? And in the morning, how do you want to lead me through this day? In fact... I wasn't going to say this, this might, I don't want to go too long here, but um, most of you know my wife had lost her, started losing her hearing when she was 26, went completely deaf. But anyway, she was reading Psalm 119 a few months ago. That's the one with lo- long Psalm with lots of verses. And she got to verse 164, and it says, Seven times a day I stop and praise you, because your ways are perfect. And so she said, I'm going to start doing that. So she said, alarms on her phone for six times a day. Uh, you know, nine, 12, three, six, nine, like that. And then she figured she remembers seven times and the alarm would go off and she would just stop and thank God and say a prayer to him. That That's living lead. The problem is because she can't hear, she ha- wears this device called a cochlear implant. She has it off most of the time because it's exhausting to hear. So I hear the thing going off all the time, the alarms. And so I'm bringing her her phone. I thought, well, I need to start doing this too. And it's helped me to follow in her footsteps, which is what Jesus wants us all to do, to abide in him and live led. And so maybe that's something you can think about. A- am I just going through my day and I, I say a prayer in the morning and I doing my own thing, or am I living led? When we live led, we're placing our trust in him. We're relying on him. We're walking by faith. And the result is a security that comes because we're not trusting in ourself or even our circumstances, but we're trusting in God, our Father, and He causes us to feel secure even in the midst of COVID-19 and other trials that we're going through. There's nothing, nothing to fear. You know, children have childlike faith. We, We have four kids. When they were little, like any dad, you know, you'd wrestle with them and throw them up in the air. And Elizabeth, who was our most fearful of our four, she's the one that always wanted me to throw her up in the air. Throw me in the air, Daddy. And you know what? She never even gave a thought that I would throw her up and then just bam, (laughs) look what happened, I let her drop. She just knew I was gonna catch her. And we need to remember that God has it, he has it. And we can take everything to him. You know, in Jeremiah, it talks about uh, what happens when we don't trust in the Lord. It says, we'll, we'll become like a bush in the desert and we'll live in the stony wastelands of wilderness. But if we trust in the Lord, we'll be like a tree Planted by water that extends its roots in a stream. And, and we have that choice every day consciously. Do we, do we want to, to just live in a stony wasteland or do we want to put our roots down deep in the Lord? And when we do that, it's a beautiful thing. Even in hard times, we're going to be okay. And sometimes God lets us go through hard times. You know, years ago, I left Santa Cruz Bible Church to come back over to San Jose And when I left, it was actually Ryan's father, Chip Chip Ingram, who I know did one of these devotions, who followed me. And when Chip got there, the church exploded. You know, it really humbles you when you say, yeah, I left that church and it grew to 3,000 people. And I went back to San Jose and I found myself in a situation where the church was imploding. People were biting and devouring each other. It was a, a year or a season, two year season of drought for me. But you know what? And I didn't like it. I doubted. I said, Lord, did you know what you were doing? I mean, why did I why did I do this? Why did I make this decision? But God never forsook me. He never left me. And while I was there in the wilderness, I had to learn some life lessons, some hard ones. But they've stuck with me to this day. And now I look back and I see that he was with me. And so it helps me today to trust him. It was there that he tested me to see if I would trust him, even when I didn't understand what he was doing. Uh, And and he was doing some things in me. And now I see what he was doing and I'm glad. It's sort of like the old hymn uh, that's one of my wife's favorite, "'Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus." There's a verse that says, I'm so glad I've learned to trust him. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend, and I know that he is with me, will be with me till the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er, Jesus, Jesus, Precious Jesus, Oh for grace, to trust him more. So the first admonition is fret not yourself. It leads only to evil doing. Secondly, instead trust in the Lord and one more and will be done. David goes on to say, do good, do good. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. If you want to look back on your life one day and like what you see, forget about yourself and get busy doing good for other people. And if you're married, start with your spouse. Diane and I are still working on this (laughs) in 41 years of marriage. We're saying, why don't we give each other a blessing instead of a curse? We get into one of those little heated fellowship discussions that all husbands and wives get into, you know, instead of a tit for tat What if one one just says, you know what, I'm going to overlook that, forgive it and give a blessing instead and look for opportunities to do good to each other, to be kind to each other. You'll you get busy serving each other and doing acts of kindness and mercy and compassion. Wow. You'll find yourself filling up with joy. A lot of you know Dan Kimball, the pastor at Vintage Faith Church over in Santa Cruz. He's a friend of mine. He's a friend of Ryan's as well. And I remember when Dan was a young guy just coming out of Bible school at Multnomah uh, Seminary in Portland, Oregon. And he was involved at Santa Cruz Bible Church. And, and he wrote a letter to the founder of the school who was in his 90s at the time. And he said, what advice do you have for a young pastor? And I got a copy of that letter. But one of the things he said to Dan, I highly agree with. He said, Dan, Satan will seek to get you occupied with yourself, which oftentimes causes one to be down in the dumps. (laughs) That's from a guy in his 90s. When we look inward and we think about me, 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 and what do I want? And why didn't this happen? It doesn't fill us with joy. But when we look at others and how we can brighten their day, how we can lift them up, how we can serve, how we can bring the kingdom to them. Well, I wonder how, how much happier we'd be if we just get up every day and do that. Say, Lord, who can I bless today? Who can I serve today? How can I, how can I make my wife's day happier? What can I do for her? What can I do for my husband? I think we'd be surprised how quickly our hearts would fill with joy. We're almost done. Verse 3 goes on to say, dwell in the land, and cultivate faithfulness. What's the land? Well, the land is your responsibilities. Anything God has given you, your husband, your wife, your children, your job, your school, live there, dwell there, accept your responsibilities with joy. And uh, if you're like me thinking, well, if only I had that, or if only I was over there, then I'd be a lot happier. And now I've learned the grass isn't always greener. It isn't always going to be better over there. It's just good to Walk with God in the land he's given you. But I love this last phrase, and it sounds kind of weird, but let me let me kind of unpack it for you. And cultivate faithfulness. What does that mean? One translation says, enjoy safe pasture. Well, we kind of get that, but here's what helps me. A better translation is feed on his faithfulness. When you don't understand what God is doing, when you're starting to fret, when you're having trouble trusting him, when you're struggling with doubt, Feed on his faithfulness. Look back. Remember how he led you, how he had the situation when you didn't even know he did, how he provided for you, how he protected you, how he blessed you, and even how he blessed you by saying no. (laughs) You know, I've learned, it took me a long time, that I don't even know what's best for me. I think I know what's best for me, but God definitely knows what's best for me. The longer you walk with the Lord, the easier it is to feed on his faithfulness because you have a bigger and bigger backlog of how he was with you back then and back then and back then and back then. Diane and I are to the point now to where to do anything but trust God is almost like an affront to him. Like he's been so good to us, so good to us, it would almost be insulting to not doubt him. And yet, to be honest with you, at times I still fret. That's why David says, I've been young and now I am old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. The Amplified Bible says, feed surely on his faithfulness and truly you shall be fed. How do you do that? If you don't have a great memory, write it down. I tend to write down events. My wife journals every day. That's better. That's the best way to go. But I do journal transitions, when I'm confused, when I don't know what to do, when I'm waiting for an answer. And then when you get those answers, tell the story. If you've got kids, tell the story to your kids of how God saved you and the things he's doing in you. And and, and if you're praying about something, remember how he answered your prayers in the past, and so you can trust him to answer them now. Like David, I can say I was young and now I am old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Helen, she's with Jesus now. I did her funeral when she died. I, I think she was 94 years old. And now she's experiencing fullness of joy in the presence of God all is well. You know, it says in Isaiah, we won't remember the former things. But at the end of her life on earth, when she looked back, she didn't like what she saw. And she could never really quite get over it. If you want to look back in your life one day and like what you see... Remember these three things. Number one, fret not yourself. Don't get all heated up with worry. Instead, number two, trust in the Lord. Take the long view. This too shall pass. And number three, get busy doing good. And remember, it's the decisions you make today and tomorrow and next week and the week after that and the month after that and the year after that, should God let us live, that will determine what you see one day when you are older And you look back and trust me, it will come faster than you think. Let him write his story in and through you. You'll be glad you did. I guarantee it. A few things to maybe sit in, a few questions to ask yourself uh, as as I get ready to pray. Here's what am I fretting about? And say, Lord, what's this about? And then if he reveals something to you, would you turn your care into prayer? and trust him. Secondly, what is my land? What what am, what is he asking me to be faithful in? And say, "Lord, I'm going to do it." And then thirdly, ask yourself this question. If I keep living like I'm living, doing what I'm doing, am I going to like the view when I when, when I look back one day? And if the answer is yes, stay the course. If the answer is I need a little course correction, make the the course correction so you won't be like Helen full of regret. And then lastly, Is the Lord reminding you of something he's done for you in the past that today you can feed on his faithfulness? Because he is faithful and he never fails us. Father, thank you so much for Awakening Church. Would you bless the leaders? Would you bless the servants? Would you bless the church in every way? Even in this COVID-19 season when we can't gather in person, we thank you that you are with us more than ever before where two or three are gathered you're here in our midst thank you for what you've done in and through them and would you continue to use them powerfully in silicon valley and beyond to the world in jesus name amen